T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ron Jaworski joins us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, as have been years of Ron Jaworski being a man uh, synonymous with not just the city of Philadelphia, but the Eagles specifically. Ron, thank you so much for joining us here on Damon and Ratto. It's a pleasure to have you on today. How are you doing? Hey, great to be with you guys. There is obviously tremendous excitement in Philadelphia. You know, two outstanding football teams. The Niners are just red hot right now playing great football. The Eagles have been a dominant team all season long. So great excitement about this game. It's going to be an awesome, awesome showdown. It should be a fascinating matchup. Just the X's and O's of the whole thing as the, you know, the Eagles present the running quarterback conundrum, which is we, we you know we, we've seen the 49ers trip over that several times but they have a defense that is probably more prepared with linebacker speed and and just guys who stay you know disciplined and in their lanes then you know the, the only other defense that you could say is as disciplined might be Philadelphia's so it's just it feels like a fair fight which always makes for the most interesting fights on a football field yeah, Jalen Hurts makes the offense work. Uh, the RPOs, the zone reads, he's a magician at doing them. And, you know, we talk about him. You know, I've studied the, the zone reads, the RPOs a lot this year. And, you know, to the, to the casual fan, everyone thinks it's pretty easy. It is not. You're reading defensive linemen. You're reading linebackers. And then you go to get an RPO. You got a pass tagged on the back of it. And all this happens within a millisecond. It happens so quickly. And Jalen Hurts has done a great job with that. And hey, we all know what a, what a, what a great defense the 49ers have. They have tremendous talent, but it, I, you know, it, it, I'll go back to the Dallas game earlier this year with Micah Parsons, who's a tremendous football player. The Eagles use his strength against him. He wants to make every play, and they ran RPOs and zone read right at him and really negated his ability. So it's not only one player. Your defense must play with tremendous discipline and read their keys, or you could get embarrassed because Jalen Hurts is really good at running the offense. Can we then extrapolate from that that the four, that the Eagles would probably try to do the same thing with Nick Bosa? Absolutely. I, I think they will run those out. You know, Nick is uh, he's probably going to be the league MVP defensively. He's had a phenomenal year. And sometimes you could take a guy's strength, which is speed and quickness, even for a defensive lineman, and, and try to play that against him. Ron Jaworski here on 95.7 The Game. Kyle Shanahan is probably, you know, here he is at the end of what is his best season as a head coach, just given the turnover that he's had at the quarterback position alone, knowing all you do about the position, how 
extraordinary is what you've seen from from Brock Purdy. I mean, it, we I, know. I don't know if extraordinary is the proper word. You know, I, I don't know. If there, I don't know if there is a word. And you know, you know, I've always admired Kyle Shanahan. You know, I knew his dad very well. We, when, when Kyle was probably a teenager, I used to see him out at the Lake Tahoe golf tournament every year with his dad, and he got to know him way back in the day before anyone thought he'd be a great NFL coach. And he is a great NFL coach. And I love the guys that are creative and you know can play the mind games with the defense and Kyle Shanahan is one of the best but you know when Brock Purdy became the quarterback I, I'm gonna be honest with you guys and probably like a lot of people oh boy it's all over for the 49ers they started winning a couple games you know I'm watching Brock on you know the red zone watch all these games I really didn't zero in on to about the third or fourth game that I start watching tape on him the coaching tape because that's you know that's a true sermon you got to look at the tape and you know and I made the comment when I first broke him down I said he's Joe Montana like and boy that I don't want to be disrespectful to Joe Montana because I love the guy uh, but that's what Brock Purdy reminded me of he, he his ability to read coverage quickly understand what the defense is doing and know where his people are is just uncanny and you know Joe Montana didn't have the, the you know the, the gun on his shoulder didn't have the speed to get you know be with his legs he just won he knew how to run an offense and Brock Purdy reminds me of how Joe Montana played the game. Doesn't turn the football over. Very judicious where he throws it. Understands what's going on. I mean, it's been an unbelievable ride for Brock Purdy. How does Kyle Shanahan's use of not just Brock Purdy, but his quarterbacks in general, make life for defenses more difficult? Because it is not a traditional modern offense in that the quarterback is not the most important component. Yep. Um, does that create like material difficulties for the Eagles' defense as they prepare? I, 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 I'll get to something else first. I'll talk about how the about the Eagles' defense in a second. But you know, as as I, I was talking about Brock Purdy on a show maybe a week ago, and I, I started to you know at my age I remember a lot of stuff. Maybe I forget some too. But I, <laughs> I remember doing Monday Night Football with Peyton Manning. We were talking about shifts, motions, all those things that. You know, play mind games with the defense. And Peyton says, I hate motion. You will never see me run motion across the formation. I said, Peyton, why do you hate it so much? He goes, because the defense changes when you run motion shifts. They change. And so he didn't like it. He, he liked a steady, constant defense that when the ball was snapped, they were, they were stable and he knew what they were doing. And then you watch his 49er offense under Kyle Shannon. It shifts motion, personnel. Now that, that, is, that is trying to confuse the defense and you do a great job of it. But if you're a young quarterback, at the snap of the ball, you don't know what the defense is because of shifts in motion. It can present a problem. And that's why what Brock Purdy's done is, is so remarkable, just so remarkable that he's been able to use shifts in motion with a defense that is constantly moving and get the proper reads. The man known as Jaws, Ron Jaworski, here on 95.7 The Game. So, uh, we were talking to Sal Palantonio just yesterday, and he didn't label it as something rotten in Denmark, but apparently A.J. Brown isn't happy with his involvement in the game plan. And it's a weird time to be talking about what you're not happy about when you're winning playoff games. Is there any ripple effect of that that Sirianni maybe got blindsided by this week? 
Well, there's zero to it. I mean, you know, A.J. Brown is a phenomenal football player. He's been a team player all season long. You know, he had three catches for 20-some yards last week. And, you know, he's a diva wide receiver. (laughs) We know how these guys operate. I don't think there's anything to it. I've talked to some guys on the team, some coaches I'm familiar with. They don't see anything to it whatsoever. Throw him the ball, he'll be fine. (laughs) So to follow up on the concept of diva wide receivers and how much attention they like paid to them, how much attention gets paid, to them you know any wide receiver conversation around the 49ers begins with Debo Samuel but you're kind of off topic because this team's number one receiver this year was Brandon Ayuk a guy who was doghoused early after a very good rookie season what did you think of him really stepping into his profession this season because Brandon Ayuk I think caught a a lot of people off guard and he continues to catch defenses off guard every weekend well, it, it, it's kind of amazing, you know, when, when you have a Debo Samuel, you obviously have one of the premier wideouts slash running backs, you know, just call him slash if you like, he can do everything. And, and, and sometimes when, when you're the second fiddle like Brandon Ayuk was, and all of a sudden the first fiddle goes out, all of a sudden you got to wear the hat of responsibility. you got to show up. you got to pick it up. And, and I think he kind of realized, hey, if the 49ers are going to, you know, continue to grow as a team, you know, with Debo Samuel out, it was it, he was going to have to be the guy that, you know, was the guy the quarterbacks were looking to. And he has responded in a fantastic way. And, you know, I think he's going to need a big game against the Eagles. Um, this Eagle team is not a big blitzing team. They're a coverage-based team, much like the 49ers. The difference in this game, I believe, will be the team that gets more explosive plays. Those plays 20 yards or more, and even the, the double explosive plays that's hit, that hit for a touchdown, the 40-50 yard gainers. So, I think with Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they both have that ability and my goodness don't forget George Kittle don't forget Christian McCaffrey there's a lot of playmakers on that San Francisco offense but the Eagles have playmakers as well and I think it's the team that has the explosive plays will win the game well given the fact that we have the two defenses that we do what's the likelihood that you're going to see many explosive plays or does this look to you more like a game that's going to be played on the defensive side no question. I think it's probably a high teens, low 20 scoring game. You know, you got the number one and two scoring defense in the league, both playing at a very high level with, you know, well-disciplined teams. And it's kind of interesting. I just said a moment ago, they're very similar in how they approach the game. It's not, you know, exotic looks. It's not scheming. They line up and play saying, hey, we got talent. Try to beat our talent. That's going to be very interesting. You know, who, who may crack in this game? Who may come, start coming to blitz? Who may get risky in this game? I don't think either team will. I think it's going to be, like I said a moment ago, the offense that can manufacture some big plays with shot plays by design, going max pro, giving the quarterback time, and letting a play develop deep down the field. I'm not even talking 20 yards. I'm talking those 40 and 50 yard throws deep down the field. Let me ask a question that's less about football and more about Philadelphia. Would the town be vibrating more if they were playing Dallas or is it vibrating more because they are playing the other team in the conference that everybody agrees is superior? You know, if you would ask me that question last week, I probably would have said the town was leaning toward, hey, we want Dallas, because there's just a, a natural hatred between Philadelphia and Dallas. Um, 
Eagle fans hate Cowboy fans. It's that simple. They hate the team. But I think as people now see how this game is playing out, they see how, you know, now they're starting to hear about the 49ers and, you know, hear the analysts talking about them, what a great football team they are. You know, everyone in Philadelphia believes that they're a great football team. I think everyone's excited about the game that the two best teams are in the NFC Championship game. I think it's got a lot of people excited. And by the way, the weather's going to be phenomenal. I mean, it's late January in Philadelphia. You know, when I play in the uh, 1980 NFC Championship game, it was 15 below zero in January. <laughs> and they're saying it's going to be 55 degrees and a light wind on Sunday. So the condition is going to be phenomenal. Uh, as Kyle Shanahan unleashes a game plan over his uh, his laminated play sheet, you don't get a lot of emotion out of him other than some anger or disgust. Meanwhile, Nick Sirianni might have a pom-pom tucked into his back pocket somewhere. He's about as emotional sideline presence I've seen out of a coach in this league at this level in a long time. Do players buy into that? Do they get energized by it? What do you think? Yeah, they absolutely do, and, and I can I can tell you this: the players love Nick Sirianni. I, I you know I do the Eagles post game uh, and pregame show for NBC Sports Philadelphia, and you know we start off every post game with you know with the players' press conference and the coaches' press conference, and you know Nick is obviously like you just said he's got a passion, he's got an energy. The guys love it; they they, they love that. You know, there are stoic coaches that just you know are good as well, but Nick is young, he's energetic, he's got a young coaching staff. Uh, this this team is bonded, you know, that they're all in it together. Um, when you have an energetic coach that it sometimes you know, ticks off your opponent, you know, the team you play and all that, I'm sure the Giant fans weren't happy last week with Nick's histrionics on the sideline, and he sometimes gets a little bit overexcited, but hey, I'd rather have that than the stoic guy. You know, I like the guy that brings the passion, the energy, and he's got this team playing their best football. You know, it, it's a young football team. Man, it's a young football team, so that, you look at, you're going to have to compete with the Eagles for a long time, and you say the same thing about the 49ers. They're, they're young football team but Nick the players have bought in Nick's philosophy um as a tactician what is the thing that stands out most about him and how has he changed as a tactician since the first couple of games you saw him in his rookie year well, I, I, you know, he had a horrible start. I mean, it's, it's, you, I think the 49ers beat the Eagles 17-11, second game of the Sirianni regime. It was a 17-3 game to late. The Eagles scored touchdown and a two-point conversion. And, you know, the, the Eagles weren't very good at that time. I think they started out 2-5, and five and teams were cutting them up pretty good. And I think Nick learned from, you know, that experience. When you, when you get your butt handed to you a little bit, you tweak, you make changes, and, and he did. But the, the one thing that the, I, I can speak more from the offensive perspective, which is, you know, kind of my background is I, I think this offense that they run is somewhat of a hybrid NFL style offense that I think you're going to see more of and it's it's got passing game concepts of, of the modern day NFL really good passing game concepts and also a blend of the college running game the zone reads the RPOs and you got to have a quarterback to do that and of course you know Jalen Hurts is a guy you didn't you didn't see much of that you know when you had the backup quarterback playing in Gardner Minshew but I, I think this offense is very well orchestrated and the one thing the Eagles have and I will say this unequivocally they have the best offensive line in football and I watch every you know every offensive line this season there are some good offensive lines you know when you look at 
three guys that made all pro and two of them were alternates on the offensive line i again i don't know if i've ever heard of five offensive linemen on the same team being pro bowl football players or alternates it's just it, it it's amazing so it, it all starts with howie roseman who's built this team you know much like john lynch they believe in building down in the trenches and this eagle offensive line is really really going to present some problems for the 49ers defense because it's a really good old line trench warfare will be on display sunday for sure uh jaws do you still do that super bowl party with brian urlacher and if so what's the bar bill going to be this year uh, did, did you say cigar party yes uh, we <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that. It, it, it's a fundraising event for Gridiron Greats, which is Coach Ditka's uh, favorite charity, raising money for former players. And uh, we split the proceeds, and we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. And uh, mine goes to the Jaws Use Playbook, which uh, you know helps underserved kids in our community. And we get incredible support. It's the who's who of, of guests that you'd want to be at a Super Bowl party. This morning, I'm talking to Kurt Warner. He's saying, you know, can I ask him if he could come? Of course, you can come, Kurt. You know, uh, but that. It, we, we raise money. It's a great time. Cigars with the stars. It, it, Coach Ditka and I started doing this 13, 14 years ago. Brian Nerlacher's jumped in. So we're just going to have a blast, raise some money, and celebrate a great football season. It sounds fantastic. And I, I really mean this. In my watching sports on TV days, no one taught me more about Major League Pitching than Steve Stone when he was doing Cubs games on WGN. Yep. And I don't think there's anybody who has talked me through more X's and O's understanding in those old Gillette edge matchup shows that you would do <laughs> back in the day. You taught me an awful lot about this game. And if I'm a decent broadcaster, it's because I picked up some along the way of what you taught Jaws. Thank you so much. You bet. You guys are awesome. Let's do it again. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.